Today on CityCast Boise, we have a lot of options for where to get our news in town. But if we really want to know our community, what we desperately need is more Latinos in local newsrooms. That's what Nicole Foy says. She's a former Idaho journalist and the co-founder of an internship program that's carving out a path for the next generation of reporters. It's Tuesday, September 27th, 2022. I'm Frankie Barnhill, and this is CityCast Boise. Nicole, so good to have you on CityCast Boise. I I love seeing your face over Zoom, uh, and I miss you here in the Idaho media landscape. Uh, you're now in Texas, but of course you worked here in Idaho as a journalist for years, but you didn't leave without leaving something behind, which is this internship program called VOSES, um, and it's where you connect young Latino and Hispanic Idahoans with paid internships. That's key yeah. uh, in real newsrooms here in Idaho. Why do you still care so much about journalism in Boise and in Idaho now that you're no longer here? Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like we do need to start this conversation with like, you left the state. Why didn't you actually <laughs> leave, you crazy person? Um, because that that's a fair question. Um, first off... I mean, Idaho really, there's a reason why a lot of people love Idaho and still want to live here, even when live in Idaho when things are difficult. It's because it's a really great state and same with Boise too. And um, spending about four years in Idaho, just getting to know the community and working there as a journalist, but especially covering um, Latino communities around the state so intensely. That's not really something that you necessarily get over very easily. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't leave you quickly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also, too, when it comes to why do an internship program for Latino students in Idaho instead of in Texas, where I now work, um, I think it's simply because... Idaho really needs this. And even being only about a year and a half in Texas, and I grew up in California and spent some time in Chicago. These are all communities that have pretty significant Latino Latino populations. Um, they have read these resources, you know, not extensively, but there are people who are already doing this work in, in those states. And um, there has not been enough work done to make sure that Latino and Hispanic Idahoans have a place in newsrooms. What like Idaho is not what the stereotypes say about it as far as it all, you know, being completely white or being completely one thing. And a big part of making sure that those stereotypes change is making sure that we have everybody telling the stories um, that belong to them. Why do you think this didn't exist before? Why why did it have to be you saying, hey, this is something I care and is important to me and we need it? Latinos are a very small minority, a small minority population in Idaho. and uh, But a growing one, a the growing fastest one growing one. Yeah. And have, but have been present in this state for a long time. The history of Latinos in Idaho, while they've contributed so much to the state, they've also experienced what Um, Latino communities around the country have experienced when it comes to discrimination, purposeful segregation, and being kept out of so many positions of power um, and and community spaces where other people come together to tell their stories. And so because of that, there's just not a lot of 
pipelines, I guess, for students, particularly college students who are interested in journalism, to find a place for themselves in Idaho newsrooms. And also, too, like if we're going to talk about journalism, too, the thing is, is when we talk about broadly about making sure that newsrooms are more diverse, Part of the reason for that is not because all these newsrooms are sitting around going like, we want to be completely white and male uh, because that's the way we like it. Um, that's not <laughs> that's not the way that usually happens. But like, you know, for people who don't know, journalism is a very um, close and tight knit community, both like within individual states like Idaho and across the country. So you hire who you know and you hire who you relate to. Yeah. What what has the reaction been so far uh, in the community, um, in the Latino community and the journalism community here in Idaho and in Boise specifically to this internship that's only been around for what, like a year? You've had several interns so far. What's it been like? It's been really a great response, both in students applying, but also in newsrooms that have been really eager to host interns. We were kind of worried, you know, we were worried about a, n a number of things. And when I say we, this is um, my like, my co-founder uh, on this, uh, Jimena Bustillo, who she grew up in Idaho and now works for NPR um, in DC. So go Jimena. We were, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's amazing. Um, we, we were really worried um, just a number, like we had a million worries, but one of, um, one of them was simply that newsrooms might not want to take a chance on um, students who may have less experience in journalism than some of the interns that they're used to getting, mostly because, and that's the reason why we created this, journalism internships, first of all, are very few and far between now because of the way the industry is going. Um, and it's, paid and paid ones. In, yeah, in and paid ones are even fewer. And so because um, we wanted to make sure that we're giving students a chance who might not get a chance in other places, we know it's a heavy lift to ask some of these newsrooms to take um, to take on students who, you know, they may be really good writers, but they've never written a, a, a news article before. They may have a dream of, you know, being a documentary producer, but but they've never been on TV before, put together a reel, you know, stuff like that. And um, one of our summer interns has actually already been hired for a full time job, which was exactly what we were looking for and hoping for. Yeah. Wow. What a success story. That's Mia, right? Who was yeah, at the Mia. Yeah, at the Idaho Capital Sun. And now she's at the States, Idaho Statesman. And, and that's a big deal for both Jimena and me, too, because we both worked at the Idaho Statesman and we both were very actively trying to make sure that we had more more Latino reporters coming in after us, because that's a thing like when it comes to stuff like this with the community and and why when you ask me, like, why do something like this? I mean, Idaho gave me a lot of opportunities as a young reporter. I got to do um, a number of things um, because I was one of the very few Latino reporters in the state at the time. I got a lot of wide um, like leeway to just write about what I want and be able to tell a lot of stories of the communities. But you never want to be the only one that doesn't move the community forward in any way. And I think generally, if people do want to be the only ones in the room, you should maybe question what their dedication <laughs> is to the community. But you want you want there to be more people after you, because that's the only reason that we're in these places is to pull people up after us. OK, but here's here's my devil's advocate question around all of this, which is, you know, some people, some readers, some news consumers, um, even some journalists, uh, 
they might say, you know, I don't really care who's giving me the news. It doesn't matter to me. Um, what's your what's your background? Why should people care about the representation of the folks who are actually doing the reporting and, uh, you know, writing the articles, uh, putting together the reels um, and, you know, showing up on podcasts, showing up on TV? Why is why should people care who aren't necessarily, you know, journalists like you and me who, who think about this question? I mean, I think people know this, but maybe they forget sometimes like journalists aren't robots. Like we don't just read the news on the screen. We're a sum of our experiences. And that also comes down to who, to which stories we decide to tell and which things we decide are important to us. You know, there's a lot of parts of the news that are just dictated by you know, what's breaking, what's big. But when it comes to sometimes like feature stories or what you decide is important to investigate, it comes down sometimes to, well, this is a thing that I know is a problem because this is a thing that my own family has experienced. Or this is something that's happening in my community that I don't see reflected in the news. And this is a story I have to tell. If there's something big happening in your community and people are coming um, into your neighborhoods, into your town to find out what's going on, don't you want their tour guide to be someone who actually knows which direction to go? They can say, this thing happened here. This is the best place to eat. This is what you should know about this school. Do you really want to give the ownership of your community stories that you know so well over to someone who's just going to come in and leave? You know, they may be doing their best, but they don't know the community like you do. And I think that's a good reason for why not only should um, should people care that there are more Latinos in their newsroom because there's a significant part of the state of Idaho, but also that, you know, as journalists, we always know that we're trying to tell the truth. And sometimes you're not getting the full truth if you're not hearing everybody's stories. Yeah. Okay, so you were one of the first journalists here that was really dedicated to covering the Treasure Valley's communities of color. Um, why? What... What did you learn from that uh, experience too? Uh, spill some tea, Nicole. Tell us spill now that you're some tea. now that you're no longer here. <laughs> tell us about it. Oh goodness, um, I don't know. What do you want to know? Like, like where the bodies are buried, the exactly. big secrets. All I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, one of the things that was interesting for me covering communities of color for so long. And I do think one good thing is that I do have a little bit of space from it it's since it's been a year since I've been there because the pandemic was really difficult in this sense because it's pretty well known, I think, in Idaho and around the country that communities of color, but particularly Latinos, suffered disproportionate harm from COVID. It was really difficult for me as a reporter to be out in, I had just done a reporting trip in Rupert and Burley when um, talking to some families who had had COVID just rip through their mm. community. And also just the fact that we had a couple families tell us, you know, I understand it's important for my kids to wear masks to school, but like I have, you know, like some families have five or six kids, three or four kids and having enough masks like that that's money that's yeah. a lot of money and not everybody has that and so it was really difficult for me to see to hear those stories and then to come back to Boise and see people burning masks mm. on the steps of the Capitol like mm -hmm. that's that kind of disconnect is really difficult to get over especially when you know for me the theme of the, the pandemic I guess when it comes to coverage was kind of the people who were 
speaking loudly about how badly the pandemic was hurting them were not the ones actually being hurt. And so that's a thing that I I wish people thought about more, especially as we're seeing in the news in Idaho and all of the really good reporting that's being done about, you know, this resurgence of extremism in the state. That can be kind of frustrating for people who have covered communities of color for a long time in a state like Idaho, where racism and discrimination and hateful rhetoric has by no means been lingering under the surface and only now just coming up. I mean, it's the same thing why a lot of people of color aren't really like a huge fan of the whole Boise kind. Um, <laughs> right. Mantra. Uh, you know, yeah, like motto. motto. Yeah, yeah. I, and, you know, and I covered um, I covered Canyon County for four years and I wrote about, you know, Spanish speakers being told that they couldn't speak Spanish at the polls in Canyon County yeah. against the uh. law. And these were, you know, also too, I wrote about farm workers who, as far as I know, still have received no justice for a massive pesticide exposure that they had no idea, but their employers did, that a crop duster was going to be spraying pesticides in the in the field next to them. I mean, that's a pretty good summary of the reporting that was being done, not just by me, but by others. And again, that's like 20 minutes from Boise. And it was really difficult sometimes to get people to care about that. Like the community cared about it. Um, many of the like prominent like Latino activists and other people of color cared about it. But it was, you know, sometimes some of these things just change only when a lot of people react to it. Mm. And and that's the same kind of thing. Like now we're just seeing stuff like this and these and some of these groups that are a lot more active, like they were active. They, they were active in Canyon County. They were active in other parts of the state, but they don't get a lot of attention when it's just happening to people of color because I think people expect that and we shouldn't just expect that. Mm. Okay, stepping back, what's your hope for journalism, for media, for storytelling in Idaho in the future? What do you hope to see? I guess when it comes to just like the media landscape in Idaho, I really hope to see not just through, you know, the VOSIS internship program, but also just more opportunities for for um, people in Idaho who want to stay in Idaho mm -hmm. and want to stay and work in their communities to actually get into journalism. Um, I think that that is one of the strongest resources that a, um, a, a media community or whatever, I don't know what you would call it, has are the, are the people who have grown up there and who bring different perspectives on the state. Um, but it, it, it's really difficult in, in today's industry to build those pathways. And, you know, some of our board members got to speak about Voices at the um, Hispanic Heritage Month kickoff. And, and one of them said, you cannot be what you cannot see. And like, that's mostly what I'm hopeful for is that we can make sure that more people see themselves in these stories and see themselves in the people who are telling the, their stories. So that's kind of what I I hope for, because I mean, it's, it's a cliche, but diversity is a strength simply because diversity is a strength and conflict that comes from diversity does not have to be ultimately fatal and deadly because we grow when we learn from each other. And um, so there's, you know, going to be bumpy times, but giving someone the chance to tell their story um, who hasn't got a chance to, 
to do that before. Like you never know what that's going to impact. Yeah. Uh, Nicole, it has been so good to talk with you. And just having this conversation reminds me how much I miss reading your stories and having you in the media <laughs> landscape. So when are you moving back? That's the question. That's the final question. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Nicole, so great to talk. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. All right, so do you know an aspiring Latino journalist who needs newsroom experience in Idaho? Well, VOSA's internship is accepting applications for the spring. The deadline to apply is October 21st. We'll put a link in the show notes with more info. Okay, that's all for today here on CityCast Boise. If you like the show, you gotta check out our daily morning newsletter. Today, we shared a steamy picture of a local firefighter for a good cause. We'll share the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening and see you on Thursday.